Blushing girl from Blushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. Stop your crying. All right. Oh, we're starting. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Oh, Mr. Sheffield, a podcast about the nanny, which is a hit sitcom from the 90s starring Fran Drescher. I mean, let's be honest. Everybody knows what that show is. Anyway, I am Sean DePasquale here with... Toria Sheffield. That's right. And we are discussing season four, episode 18, The Facts of Lice. Ooh, you take yeah. the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and then you have The Facts of Lice. The uh-huh. facts of lice, right? And well, yeah, and as mm, I don't know who does and doesn't know with our listeners, but based on the, the title is based on the sitcom from the the eighties, right? Not the seventies, the eighties. The the the, yeah. the facts of life, which was a very very famous sitcom about girls who went to boarding school. Yes, and this episode was written by uh, Nastran. Uh, D- Dubai and Jeffrey B. Hodes. I may have butchered that first name. These are not writers that I believe we've ever heard from before, right? No. The the names did not look familiar to me at all. No, but I I really enjoyed this episode. I thought it was so fun. It really like reinvigorated me based on, you know, our little bit of the the doldrums with the Mr. Sheffield Fran stuff that we've been talking about. What's interesting is about this real quick before we dive into the episode, the one of the co-writers on this, uh, uh, Nastarin, I'm going to say, Nastarin, Nastarin maybe, uh, they are, um, she was married to Jeffrey B. Hodes. So this was a writing, Mm. uh, uh, married writing duo that did this. (gasps) And she's gone on to do quite a bit of work even recently. She just did um, Dear White People, uh, oh. the TV series. She was a producer on 30 episodes of that, which is pretty cool. Cool. Um, she also did uh, a show called Brown Girls. And uh, I mean, she's been working pretty consistently. And then her ex-husband uh, died. Oh, not ex. I see. Oh. He died. Um and I guess that's when she kind of went off on her own. But it looks like the two of them wrote Living Single together, the John Larroquette <gasps> show. Nanny. I love Living Single. Oh, my yeah. God. We yeah. are living single. I'm getting the sense based on a lot of the stuff that they wrote together. It, I think they might be people of color. In a now um, kind of world. Which is pretty cool. You've got to have your girls. Oh, are you still talking? Yes. <laughs> okay. No. no, yeah. It, it sounds um, – I mean, it sounds like she's done a lot of really cool stuff. Yeah, the and two I, of them. It's sad yeah. that, that he died, but I know uh, that, yeah. that actually makes me very like like uh, obviously the death of a partner, but also the death of a creative partner. Yeah, it, it's traumatizing tough. and sad in its own way. So, like mm-hmm. you know, um, but so this, this one, what? Go ahead and give us what is the recap on this one? Okay, this is the episode. <laughs> two very distinct things happen. Yeah. Uh, the kids get lice. And also, Fran begins to suspect that Niles is a serial killer. Um, they do. They actually, re- you know, they didn't. They they related in a fun, effortless way. I did like everything about this episode. I just like had fun from start to finish. Um, and we got to, I think, delve into a little more um, of these side characters, specifically yeah. Niles. This episode that we've been we've been hungering and thirsting for. Um, but we start off. Yeah. Um, with 
Fran getting Gracie ready for school. And, you know, Gracie just kind of casually mentions that her head itches. And I go, uh-oh. Because uh, also... We'll get into it later, but lice stuff is very triggering for me because of my own childhood. But so I was like, uh oh, but you know, is that that because you grew up filthy? (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong, Sean. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I think I instantly was like, oh, gross, this is going to be. I mean, I I don't know that I had even registered the title. I just saw her scratching her head and was like, oh, this is going to be a lice thing. Um, so that's, that little detail is left with us. Right. But then, you know, Gracie goes off to school. Then Niles comes storming into the kitchen from upstairs and he's yelling up the stairs behind him. And he's like, I'm tired of being treated like this, the disrespect. Um, and it seems like he's screaming up, up towards Mr. Sheffield and Fran looks shocked, but then he just goes, God, I wish he was home, (laughs) which is a funny joke in and of itself. But then the intercom in the kitchen buzzes on and Mr. Sheffield goes, I am. (laughs) So he clearly heard it. And um, Niles like rushes to turn it off. And then Fran's like, you know, cut him some slack, Niles. He is your boss and he's under a lot of pressure. And then Niles goes, stop sucking up to that entitled, entitled brat. I turn the intercom down. Or I turn the intercom off and then there's a beat and then we hear Mr. Sheffield's voice again. He goes, no, you turned it up. <laughs> uh, and that was funny. Um, this bit a lot. I yeah. It's a very funny bit. And, uh, you know, we we get a lot of Niles um, like gently ribbing everybody else. But it's interesting to see Niles, the butt, like the butt of the ribbing here, you know? Oh, and, for sure, for sure. And it gives him like a little bit of depth to see him get like frust- frustrated with his job and with his relationship with um, with Mr. Sheffield. And this episode, like you kind of mentioned, does the thing that we've been asking this show to do more of, which is just give us sitcom-y episodes that embrace the talent of the cast but don't necessarily hinge on Fran and Mr. Sheffield's love story. Absolutely, absolutely. So after, you know, after we get that funny joke of like, no, you turned it up, then Niles officially turns it off. But then he's just like, you know, life just isn't, he's still talking to Fran. He's like, life isn't fair. You know, I'm just as smart as he is. I'm just as talented as he is. It's just, you know, I'm sick of like the haves and the have nots. And Fran, she goes, you know, Niles, all this anger and bitterness, it it just comes down to low self-esteem. Like, where does that come from? And then Brighton walks in and he literally hurls a bag at Niles and goes, Niles, will you wash my underwear? Um, And that's like, that's like the end beat, uh, like joke of the scene. But you know, what this is really just doing is we're establishing that Niles is like kind of feeling at the end of his rope, it seems. And is just like really getting frustrated with Mr. Chaffield. My other little note is just like, wow, Fran's outfits in this episode. We got like each one, my God, because she's wearing this little army getup. It's like a short, it's like a mini skirt and like a blazer and a beret. (laughs) It's 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 a lot. It is an outfit. Do you you think that there's like, okay, this is stupid, right? But like, this is kind of what we do on this show is overanalyze everything. So Mm -hmm. like, do you think there's like a is it is it a problematic like character hinge point to be like you don't have any self confidence because you're a butler <laughs> like <laughs> no, like no. you know you know what I mean like I, is that is that a thing that like 
tracks or like is it kind of insulting to be like the help. the help can't feel good about themselves because they're the help like do you know what i mean well no i think you know it's it's just like with anything it, it really depends on like the person's internal state and we definitely know that like you know niles is someone who has wanted to do other things is resentful that you know he was kind of pushed into this thing that is clearly what his father did and his father's father, but it's not his passion. So I think that since we know this isn't his like his preferred job or the job that he would have chosen if he'd really done what he wanted, I think it's fair to say for Niles for sure. So then we Mm -hmm. cut to Fran is now, (laughs) I love this part, is with Yetta. So she's in, uh, Yetta's in the living room and, you know, Fran is is like sorting through laundry and stuff. And then Niall starts cleaning the piano. And because he's cleaning it, he's literally just like smashing the keys and making like really horrible sounds. And Yetta stands up and she's like, wonderful and she thank you and she puts a dollar bill in like a glass vase that happens to be on the piano because she's clearly confused but then she turns to fran and goes no wonder the joint is empty (laughs) (laughs) she seems to think they're in some sort of like lounge i just like how she's so like she's like so phony and then throws so much shade like even in her even in her like delusions (laughs) you know yes, yes Yeah, she, but I, I was like, I do appreciate though that even though she thought he was a bad piano player, she still was like, but you tip. Oh yeah. Um, but so then Mr. Sheffield comes in and she's a classy she, lady. She's a yeah, she's a good. They're a good family. They're yeah. good. Family. Uh, but Mr. Sheffield comes in and he tells Fran that he actually had an important meeting come up, so he's going to have to miss family night, which he had planned with Fran and the kids, and. She, She's like, you know, you're spending less and less time with them. They need a masculine influence. And then Yetta's like, I'll go. I don't have any estrogen. We basically establish <laughs> Mr. Chaville has been really busy with work lately. And Fran definitely thinks he's been like neglecting quality time with his own kids. So, which no, which no, honestly no. is like the fairest, uh, most uh, on point criticism we've seen from Fran in a while. Like she's literally doing her job here. Yes. Yes. I actually like, it's like, I really, I think one of the reasons I really liked this episode is I was like, oh, like I I actually like it when it's about some other things. Um, And she's being a nanny. Like she's mm -hmm. spending time with the kids, noticing a change in their behavior and then going to the dad to be like, Hey, I, I, you know, like I don't, that, that is what I think I liked about this episode is nothing in it hinges on her feelings for Mr. Sheffield. This isn't like a, you're not spending enough time with me. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, in her capacity as these children, as these kids nanny, she has realized like he is maybe being a little bit neglectful. Um, yeah. And that's great. It's great conflict. Like, I, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, carry on. And then after you. Um, oh, so then we, we established that. And then Gracie comes home from school and she has a note in her hand and she's like scratching her head. And it turns out she has head lice. And Fran's like, oh no. She like listen to the note. She's like, there's a lice epidemic at your $14,000 a year school, which I thought was like very fair. But um, yeah. so, and then we cut to the next scene and the whole family is coming home scratching their heads and Fran's like you heard what the doctor said we got to wash all your sheets so the whole family has lice except 
except for Mr. Sheffield. And by a whole yeah. family, I should say Niles doesn't have it. It's like Fran and the kids. It's um, Fran and the kids all have it. Mm-hmm. Mr. Sheffield doesn't. And then this serves to confirm for Fran, oh, I was right. He's not spending enough time with the kids because if mm-hmm. he was, he mm-hmm. would also have lice, which honestly is like pretty sound logic. Yes. Yeah. She was like, she was like, oh, like interesting. Like yeah. the kids and I have lice and you don't. What do you think that means? And I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. I was like, get him, girl. I said that. <laughs> I said, anyway. I said that. I said that at the screen. I was like, get him, girl. (laughs) Um, Tell him boy bye, I said. My boy bye. (laughs) So then Mr. Sheffield, he leaves, kind of really not registering her critique. And then Niles comes down the stairs uh, holding like all of this laundry in his hands. And he's just like grumbling about how much he hates his life again. And while he walks by Fran, he drops a piece of paper. And Fran picks it up like, you know, to ostensibly give it to him but she then looks at it and it's a list of some kind (laughs) and it literally is like it's like secure alibi cut phone lines tape the mouths and clean up the blood it was like a dark list it was like yes darker than it even needed to be like yeah like tape the mouths (laughs) was like (laughs) especially though really to me but so she's like this is weird so then she goes over to niles and she's like niles like but um, but, okay so for the purposes of this, because it is a recap show, like we, no spoiler, like spoilers don't matter, right? So we're we're going, we're operating under the assumption everyone's watched this yeah, episode. I, okay, I think so, so. I think then, if that's the case, like going back through it, knowing like what it was, because like I didn't remember what the solution here was like obviously i was like niles isn't a killer but i couldn't quite remember what he was doing instead mm-hmm. so but then when i remembered i went back and rewatched, and like it's just a pretty it's like a pretty good it, this makes sense right this list once you know what the list is for that it's for a play a murder mystery play he's writing then all of a sudden the specificity of it isn't doesn't feel forced or heavy-handed it feels yeah. like, oh yeah, okay, I would have a list like that in my pocket if I was writing like a, a, a like I've written murder like mystery things before and have definitely had lists on my desk of like, uh-huh. you know, or or horror movies. I for the longest time I had a post-it note on my wall that just said, um, run them all over with a lawnmower. <laughs> Which meant something very specific to a thing I was writing. It wasn't even a horror thing. It was this fantasy thing. But it was a very specific note. But you know, anyone that walked into my, you know, air my writing area at that time just would have seen run them all over with a lawnmower. <laughs> Which Sounds no, very true. So it's a very ominous list. And so when Fran mm-hmm. takes it over to him, she's like, Niles, um, you dropped this list of yours. And then he grabs it and he's like, You didn't read it, did you? And he like instantly gets like very just he's like super suspicious. Super suspicious. And she's like, um, well, let's just say I, I had read it. What what would that mean? And he was like, Miss Fine, I would be very, very very upset with you and he's like super intense and she definitely got creeped out and she was like oh well good thing i didn't read it and like runs up the stairs but it's it's definitely unsettled by this we then cut to this next scene which i absolutely love it is fran and val at a drugstore and they're in line to pick up life shampoo (laughs) and (laughs) fran is telling val like all about the thing that happened with niles like the creepy note and she's like, you know, what do you think it means? This and that. And Val's like, 
it would make sense, Fran. Niles fits the profile. Serial killers often have menial jobs, no long-term relationships, and they have deep-seated issues with their mothers. And then Fel looks at Fran and she's like, oh, and like takes a step back. Well, they, both, like, they both look at each other and kind of took a step back. Like, yes. Like, like yeah. Val's like, Fran. Val's clearly now like afraid that Fran is a serial killer and Fran also realizes that she's afraid of this. But then, but yeah. then Val goes, oh, oh wait, no, no. They usually have high IQs. And then they both breathe like a huge sigh of relief. Yes. Which is like, such a hilarious dig at Fran and also like that you'd be so relieved to hear like oh of course I'm not a killer like I'm an idiot (laughs) yeah I Um, really interpreted that as them both talking about like I I think they both felt that applied to either one of them (laughs) so it was so to me it was like they both realized that could be either one of them that's why they both back away from each other because they both get instantly suspicious of the other one and then and then they're like oh no, wait, that's not, you were not, no, that person wouldn't be smart enough to be this. And then they both feel better about it because they're both convinced the other one's an idiot. Oh, it's yeah. Just, it, <laughs> that's what it was. And it plays so funny if you're like, oh, these, these two people are perfect best friends. Yes, yes. <laughs> Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So this is when Val is like, Freya, you've been living in the same house with this person for four years. And, you know, have you even been in his bedroom? And then I got so excited because I was like, oh, my God, we're definitely going to go snoop in in Niles' stuff, which, like, already made me excited. I I wrote down a new set with a lot of explanation points Mm -hmm. because I was like, yeah, like, I want to see it. (laughs) Um, see uh, Niles's interior world, and then there was also this like funny gag that was just happening alongside this scene where, when they finally get up to the front of the line, Niles, uh, Niles, uh, Fran whispers like, I'm, "My name is Fran Fine, and I'm here to pick up the lice shampoo." Because she's like clearly embarrassed, <laughs> and the pharmacist like gets literally on the loudspeaker and goes, "Fran Fine is here for her lice shampoo." And then she turns around, looks at everyone in the store, super embarrassed. And she sees this like man kind of just like looking at her like in a judgy way. And she goes, oh, look, like I'm getting judged by a guy holding a fleet enema. (laughs) 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 Made me laugh so hard. Me too. (laughs) Um, But so then we cut to the next scene, which is Val and Fran investigating Niles' bedroom. And it was kind of interesting. It was like his, his, I love this, his uh, book, not his book. His bedroom is like full of books, stacks of books, kind of tasteful paintings. Um, it's it's very minimalist. Um, and then his 
phone line rings, like his personal phone, and the answering machine picks it up. And literally the message is, this is Jim from the morgue. In answer to your question, it takes 24 hours for rigor mortis to set in. And, yes. you know, Fran and Val are like, oh my God, like, holy shit. Like, why is which he calling again, morgues about? Which again, knowing what you know about what it ends up being, you're like, you know what? That also tracks. That's not too outlandish of a, of a, of a thing to have asked or to have gotten a call back on. You know, yeah, and you have to remember this is pre-internet, so you had to make those yeah, calls. You had to, you yeah. Just Google it real quick. Nope. But then they hear Niles coming, and they're like, "Oh my god! Oh my god!" And they, it's really funny. Val like frantically crawls under the bed to hide, and then so then Fran frantically runs into his closet, which is by the way a huge walk-in closet, and it has this like decked out rotating like motorized closet thing, um, which I was like, wow, that's very fancy for him considering everything else is so minimal, but maybe he's just very organized with his clothes. And so Fran like runs and hides in the closet and Niles comes in and he's like grumbling to himself. He's like, don't worry, sir, shouldn't be long. And then he's like making me trudge six blocks in the snow and slush because you have a craving for string cheese. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Mr. Sheffield, you're horrible. But so he's like in his closet grumbling and he turns on the switch so that his closet will like rotate. So I guess he can like find his coat. And then there's this like very silly sight gag where the it's like rotating, rotating, rotating. And then we see Fran in the rotating closet, like <laughs> hiding in a coat, basically. It's so funny. <laughs> Yeah, and then she, like, rotates out of sight, and he, like, just misses seeing her, and then he grabs his coat and leaves. Yep. And then we cut to – it was probably, like, a week later or so. Yeah, it um, seems like a week has now passed because yes, we and, find out that, like, Fran's gotten rid of all of the lice in the house. She's cleared yeah. Gra Gracie of lice. So, like, you're like, okay, they've been using the shampoo, whatever. She's wearing that, um, that brick – pattern suit it's okay. literally a blazer and pants with brick it's, wall pattern it's it's the ugliest thing <laughs> but it somehow gets uglier when she puts the hat on and then when she finally <laughs> takes the hat off you're like okay i guess that suit's not so bad as long as she doesn't put that hat on ever again it's because later later when she's leaving the house she puts on a hat with the exact matching pattern but the, i think the reason is it's a cowboy hat which just no, it wasn't no even a cowboy sense. head. It was like a wide brimmed. It looked like a like a um like it was like what it was supposed to be parodying, I think, which is like a Philip Marlowe kind of uh 40s detective trench coat and hat kind of hat, you know? Oh man, it was so bad. The whole, it was so, so ugly. Funny. But it was yeah. like but also like it was like bold in its badness, which is I think why like People still like they're like she's an icon. Like yeah. if you can pull it off, which like she, she pulls, like, she sure. pulls it off. I wish so, I could find that suit. I would wear it to my wedding. <laughs> oh, and then Liz would promptly divorce. <laughs> like with that hat, I can imagine wearing that stupid. Hat. <laughs> but so um, then. Oh Oh, yeah. So they're in the kitchen. Fran's wearing that brick suit. And she's like, Gracie, like you're lice free. Like the shampoo worked. And then Cece enters and she complains that there's like no coffee in the coffee pot. Oh, I like, hear you, you, girl. Oh, no, seriously. I like honestly want, <laughs> I 
I get so frustrated with her, Sean. But so she's like, there's no coffee. She's like, where's Niles? Although she called him Rubbermaid, which made me laugh. Where's Rubbermaid? <laughs> so degrading. And so then degrading. Fran's like, she's like, Miss Babcock, you know, just just lay off him, you know, today. He's really, I don't think he's himself. And she confesses to Cece that she thinks Niles might be a murderer. Cece does not believe her. She's just basically like, you know, kind of brushes it off and, and walks out. Um, and then meanwhile, then Niles comes in from the stairwell in the kitchen and he's holding like a white blazer and he's like, Miss Fine, what were you doing in my bedroom? And she's like, uh, what makes you think I was in your room? And then he just uh. turns the blazer around and there is a literal face print in the back of it in makeup with like eyelashes, <laughs> lipstick, like blush. <laughs> and then this was interesting. The next scene, so it has Fran rushing toward Mr. Sheffield's office where I guess she's like reached this point where she's like, I have to tell him that I think Niall's a serial killer, right? So she runs over to the office. She's about to open the door and then she stops and she's like, well, wait, how am I going to tell him? And then she thinks and she goes, I'll just have to lay it out in black and white. At which point she goes in and we instantly cut to this black and white film noir scene, which I was not expecting in this episode specifically. I and love which, it though. Yes. I Oh my gosh. I loved it. I thought it was super fun. And I literally wrote, I don't mind this stuff at all. What do you think? Which in my, I, I'm assuming I was asking you in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> um. I mean, either that or that was one of your altered personalities <laughs> asking one of the, the dominant one. I love noir, so I was really happy with the noir parody. I mean, we've seen them this season a bunch with different kind you know, we we got the romance novel cover one and so I you know, I mean I'm I'm on board for this, especially because I think this is what the show really wants to be when it's not dealing with the Fran and Maxwell love story stuff. So mm -hmm. like, I like when it gets weird. Um, and I thought this was the only, my only complaint was they absolutely did not sound transatlantic, which is what they were trying to do is that, mm. that, that forties transatlantic, uh, speech pattern. Uh, yeah, and like they just, they, they were just, they, well, it's supposed to be like this. See, and nah, you know, You've got mm -hmm. a one or two things coming for you, and you'll never be able to stop me from doing it. Oh, no, of course not. But, like, yeah. it didn't really work. <laughs> I like, well, but I feel like you might even be describing, like, screwball comedy. I, they were, like, more like. Yeah, it is. It's that, it's it's that trans, it's that old-timey, transatlantic yeah. uh, speech pattern that, that a lot of people spoke in. But I think part of the problem is I think Fran just didn't really – she just wasn't that great at it. And I think uh, uh, Maxwell, uh, well, Charles Shaughnessy, I think he actually could pull it off, but he has the double duty of also having to do a British accent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so that makes it so much harder. You know, he's doing a British accent, doing a transatlantic like speech pattern, which is like well, be yeah. really difficult. Well, but it's well, he is English, so it's so it's yeah. just an English person trying to mimic a very specific American accent. But right. um, it's yeah, but it was it was very overall though. Like I I really enjoyed it because like their physicality was very accurate and like kind of like over the top. And yeah. she was like, you must like I'm crazy and like you know shaking mm -hmm. on the you know and, and of course uh, she she was basically like it's Niles. I I think he might be a killer. The way that that scene ends is um, she's like, 
you must think I'm crazy, don't you? And he's like, I have to admit I do. And, and it's a shame because I was going to ask you to marry me, but I don't think I can marry someone I think is crazy. <laughs> so then we cut back to Fran in real time outside of the door. And she goes, mm, no use opening that can of worms. Meaning like, oh no, what if I go in there and tell him? And then he's like, oh, I was going to marry you, but now I'm not because you seem crazy. Yeah, <laughs> so she her bails way- on the whole plan. Yeah. Yeah. So she's literally like, I'll just, I'll just let him be a danger to myself and others in this mm-hmm. off chance that Mr. Sheffield would marry me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So then um, she, so she, she doesn't tell Maxwell anything and instead goes back to the living room. Uh, and she's, <laughs> she has now told Cece of her fears. And so of course she's like in the living room and she's like, like sipping like a glass of water, Fran, and like seems very nervous. And Cece like sneaks up behind her to scare her and goes like, boo. <laughs> but yeah. instead of Fran jumping and like the water splashing at her, she like jumps and the water goes over her shoulder and just splashes Cece in the face. Yes. <laughs> I, yes. I absolutely adored this bit of business. Yes. Um, <laughs> and then, well, then Cece goes, mm, I sort of had it coming. <laughs> Like she yeah. totally accepts the fact that like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm not even mad. <laughs> so Cece walks out and Mr. Sheffield comes in and he tells Fran that he like thought about what she said and mm-hmm. he is going to have a special night out with the kids. He's going to take them to dinner um, so that they get some quality time in. And he's like, so you and Niles will have the house to yourself this evening. And then she's like, wait, what? Uh, no, no. No, I take it back. Uh, you're smothering those kids. And he's like, what? And she's like, he, she, he's like, what? You literally said the opposite the other day. And she's like, yeah, but I'm an idiot. Like, she like, tries to do anything she can to, like, backtrack out of this so that she won't be left alone in the house with uh, Niles. And this is when she puts that atrocious hat on because she's also, like, insisting that she's going to come with them. But while she's, like, you know, trying to get ready, he literally um, leaves without her because he's just, like, you know, he's just dismissing her as, like, being absurd. And it was also funny because he goes, what are you talking about? I cleared my whole schedule out to bond with my children. And then he screams up the, he screams up the stairs, move it. We're going for seafood. <laughs> Which is, like, amazing. <laughs> Uh, just like his family dynamic. This is the way he fathers and parents. It's amazing, yeah. So then yeah. Fran is left alone now with Niles in the house. Mm-hmm. And um, Niles kind of stalks out at her. <laughs> like, he does kind of come at her, like, yes. very creepy initially. Um, and uh, he, he really – he seemed to me to be playing up the idea that she thinks he's like some sort of killer. It's not that he like knows that she thinks he's a killer. It's no. just he's playing it up for like the audience where he's like, Miss Fine, I'm so glad we're alone together tonight. You can be my first victim. <laughs> like saying things like that, you know? Yeah. And that's it's all she, very weird. And so she panics yeah. and she just starts running around the house, like <laughs> screaming, but like he's not chasing her. It's just like shots of her running and going, ah. And then she rounds a corner. And as she rounds the corner, Cece steps out of the bathroom and mm-hmm. smashes Fran's face with the door. Like, or yes. Fran rather just walks right into the, like, they just they slam into each other and Fran presumably passes out because like that's where the the scene ends yeah she gets literally (laughs) knocked unconscious yeah (laughs) and then we cut to her on the couch um in the living room and niles is like trying to like nurse her awake and he's like miss fine miss fine like please wake up please wake up and she comes to and she like instantly starts to panic because she realizes she's there with him and and 
then, you know, he doesn't really understand why she's freaking out. But then Cece comes in and, and she explains, she's like, oh, she thinks you're a serial killer because of some note she found. And then Niles is like, oh no. He's like, no, Miss Fine. I'm writing a play. It's a murder mystery. And I wanted you to be my first reader. Yeah. And, then, and she's like, and then, but, but what about, and he's like, it's called Secure Alibi. And she's like, oh. And then she's like, but what about the bananas? And he's like, the banana was for a pie that Sylvia ate. Yes, yes, yes. Because there was bananas on the list as well. Yeah. I love that she was so fixated on the bananas. <laughs> the whole time, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, oh. And then just as this gets resolved, Mr. Sheffield and the kids come back after having not been gone that long, and he is furiously scratching his head. And it, he turns out he has lice now. And he and she's like, oh, and she's like, well, I guess you know, I'll just have to take the kids for that seafood dinner. And he's like, and and then the kids are like, no, pizza's fine. And she's like, no, kids, we don't want to insult your father. We are going for that seafood dinner. And then, and then she turns to Mr. Javier and she's like, you sure you don't want to come? And he's like, Miss Fine, I have got head lice. I just got home and my head is itching like mad. Why on earth would I want to go back out? And then she goes, she leans in and she goes, because Niles wrote a play. And then he's just like, after you. And they all rush out together. And then we just have this like really funny, silly button at the end where Fran is reading through Niles' play and um, Niles is like, don't you think it's time to pick Yetta from the amusement park? And she's like, I'll let her have a few more rides. And then we just got to Yetta in Niles' closet riding around on his rotating closet rack. And she's literally like <laughs> in one of his coats and her feet aren't touching the ground, which is so funny. I love it. Um, <laughs> yep, yep. It's just silly, funny. And then that's the episode. Um, as we said, we we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's, let's dive into yeah. some segments. And now, segments. So, segments. Yeah, no, I think we should move on to segments. I to say we can move on to our segments. And now, segments. Favorite lines and moments. I I laughed really hard when Fran has when she has lice and she's scratching her head and she's like, "How did they penetrate six layers of final net?" Uh, which is a hairspray, by the way. And she goes, "It's like a biosphere up there." <laughs> she's, and she's like imagining like it was just kind of gross but funny. Like her head is a, a habitat. Sorry, a habitat for lice. Um, yes, like I a also, biodome. <laughs> yes, yes. I also loved the uh, the fleet animal line. <laughs> Yes, I love Fleet Enema. Um, I also liked uh, Cece going to, to to Niles. She thinks you're a killer. She even thought you were trying to kill me. And Niles goes, oh, I wouldn't dream of touching you like any other normal man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so well, mean. Um... <laughs> and then also Cece saying, Nanny Fine, hearing you talk about Niles just makes me want to slam my head against a brick wall. And then she slams her head against Fran's suit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, Cece was like spicy this week. She was like very like, <laughs> she was in a good mood, laughing at her she own really jokes. Was. Like. She really was. And then um, um, also uh, uh, Cece going, Nanny, fine. Niles would never kill anyone. He'd make a mess and have to clean it up. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking it was so funny. Um, yeah. I, and also, I don't really know why this line made me laugh. 
because, but it was when Val and freaking go into Niles's room, Val just goes, this is Niles's room. It's so small and depressing. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It was just like, I was like, oh, Niles. Like, um, just something about his, it, you know, it just compounded every, his life. But when I also, I, I thought it was really interesting that they chose to give him a room just full of books, um, mm-hmm. which, which was nice. Um, because again, he is very cultured. Uh, he yeah. just has no power in this world. Um, and then I, I laughed again at the, the, oh, wait, no, like serial killers have high IQs. Uh, that, that was so funny <laughs> to me. Wait, um, I, th- I think that was it for me in terms of actual lines, but, but that pharmacy scene from start to finish, I loved. Uh, start to finish pharmacy scene was great. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. I think that was it for, Oh, I also liked Fran saying, Oh, he wears the same thing every day. Just like Fred Flintstone. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just a, such a funny reference for her. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, all right. What's next? Yeah, well, we have Yiddish, yes. we have Yenta this episode, uh, which we've had a number of times before. Yenta mm-hmm. just means a busybody. Oy vey. Uh-huh. And then, wow, we're going to swiftly move on into Nanny Trivia. Yeah, hit so me with some what? trivia. What do you got this week? This episode was nominated for an Emmy for Best <gasps> Comedy in 1997. Best wow. episode of a comedy series. Uh, oh, no, I'm so sorry. I, I said that wrong. Sorry, not the episode. Wow. Fran Drescher was nominated oh. for this episode. Okay. So Fran Drescher. So it was the be- it was best actress in oh. a comedy series, which which I thought was funny because um I I was like I I love this episode and I I definitely think Fran Vine could have deserved like ten Emmys over. But I was like, oh, why this specific episode of all episodes? Right? Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like they just chose one. At- Maybe at random, um, but but again, this was a very funny episode, so maybe that's why. Yeah, that's a great point. Why this one, right? Because like, mm-hmm. it's not like the noir flashback. I I didn't think they like particularly nailed the accents, although it it was fun and like the performances were really good. So maybe it was just based on like, hey, you know what? They're acting their asses off in this one, and it was a really funny episode. And like she does, she has like a wide range of things to do in this episode. So like maybe it was that too, you know, like she like goes beyond just being like, how messed the Sheffield? Yeah. You know? Well, something that's interesting um, in like to, in to compare it to. Okay. So the other actresses who were nominated in this same category in, in this same year, well, I'll say this. Helen Hunt won for Mad About You, episode The Birth, which I'm assuming is an episode where Helen Hunt gives birth. So it was like a big episode, right? Like, so the character has a baby. Ellen DeGeneres was nominated for the episode The Puppy, which was actually the episode where she came out on television, on national television in 1997, which was a huge, huge deal. Or maybe it was 96 because this the 97 award shows would have been for the previous year. And Fran year, was but- nominated for the Lice one. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right? So that's why that's why I'm just like, wow, that's, that's kind of interesting in context, wow. um, right? Yeah, um, just really in terms is. of why, you know, the logic of behind choosing that specific one. But again, she's hmm. hilarious. I'm not in any way upset that she's nominated for an Emmy. It's just, oh, what, what goes behind those decisions. Um, and then the other thing that I thought was noteworthy, cause it just like, it really brought me back to this time of, of, you know, 
American television. Mm-hmm. Jillian Anderson won that year for the X-Files for Best Actress yes. in a Drama Series. And there was several Third Rock from the Sun wins. And not to be confused with 30 Rock for some of our younger no. listeners. Third Rock from the Sun was a hilarious sitcom um, about these aliens that inhabited human bodies. Um, and and we're trying to like learn about Earth through human experiences, which yeah. sounds like really like kind of insane that you know like, what a bizarre thing but it, it was very popular it was the writing was top notch it's great yeah yeah um joseph, and it, joseph gordon levitt was on it everybody should know that boy oh yeah that's he was the youngest uh family member and there was just a lot of nominations for things like er nypd blue like it was such a time like a specific time um and then we can move into the Fran or the Cece or whoever you related to. I related to Fran in that I can get kind of naturally scared and suspicious pretty fast. And um, I literally wrote, I'm not even kidding. If Sean ever made one or two wrong moves, I'd convince myself he was a killer. <laughs> like, like it could be someone I've known a long time. It just, it'll get into my head and I'll just get kind of creeped out. And then it'll go away. But it's like, it's just, I can't, well, it's. It's like I can, you know, suddenly believe there are ghosts, even though I don't believe in ghosts. But like if I'm home alone and something happens, I'm like, oh, I'm convinced. Like there's going to be a ghost that kills me. Well, this, and then is one of those, this is one of those rare cases where you are the Fran and I am in fact the Cece because oh. I would be completely skeptical of some of stuff like this, much like Cece was this episode. So uh, we did it. We finally, season four, episode 18, we finally achieved it. You are the Fran and I am the CC. Wow. I know. I feel like That's we should crazy. just end the whole podcast here. What if this yeah. was the last episode? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> Only because one of our friends who I insisted was a murderer killed us both. <laughs> and you just didn't oh, believe me. That's, That's why it's the last episode. Man, that's like Alanis set level irony. Mm-hmm. Like rain on your wedding yeah. day. Oh, now I get the reference. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like well, um, is there anything else we have to do? Oh, we should tell people that they need to come and find us on social media because we're desperate for attention and love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also uh, any interesting facts or things that you may have thoughts on about uh, any nanny episodes. You can find us on Instagram and on Twitter at oh Mr. Chef Pod. You can also email us at Gmail, if you're into that kind of thing. Oh, Mr. Sheffield <laughs> yeah, Podcast. Yeah, you're into that, you sick pervert. <laughs> yeah, you sick weirdos. Uh, you can email oh, Mr. Sheffield Podcast at gmail.com. That's oh, Mr. Sheffield Podcast at gmail.com. Or hey, look, maybe you're a trickster. Sign us up for a couple of mailing lists or something funny, you know, whatever. Surprise me. Uh, nobody's used, no, nobody's doing nothing with that Gmail address. I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what and else? also we, we posted, we shared, um, at least the first part of, of Molly's, um, where are they nows? And we got yes. such great feedback, you know, people just really responded so well. And I'm going to post the other half with the other characters, hopefully sometime this week. Um, and so, yeah, you know, always share your fun thoughts um, or share it with the community because, um, you know, we all love this stuff. So that's, it's literally the place to do it. Yeah. And while you're sharing things, also share a five-star review on uh, (laughs) Apple podcasts or wherever you listen to your things, leave us a good rating and a review that helps other nanny stands find the show 
And then we'll all finally be assembled like one giant Voltron of nanny stands. And that's how we will use our collective force to convince the powers that be that it's time to do a nanny remake with Sean and Toria uh, and- now on the writing staff. Oh, I do like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. I, like, I like the where you're going with this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna we lead the charge to like get the fan base really charged up, and then they're like, bring back the nanny. We want all you know. We obviously we want you know Fran involved. We want you know uh, 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 Peter involved, and also Sean and Tori got to join the fold. And, and we'll then like, it's oh, yeah, a, it's a huge disaster. It's a huge failure. And it's Steve that our, our creative direction destroyed what was special about wiped out everything everything valuable that was left of the nanny Uh, franchise uh uh, and you know it definitely it leads to at least one person being committed to an insane asylum yeah well i guess we should we we shouldn't have written voltron into so many episodes (laughs) (laughs) um but okay on that note guys thank you so much for listening and we will see you or hear you or you'll hear us Next week. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. The flashing girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. I, uh, uh, Miss Fine. <laughs> <laughs>